Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. The risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only... Sunshine, go my way today. Don't feel much like dancing. That's an oldie, Ryan. That's before your time. I don't know her. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, November 16th, 2019 at dnrstudios.com, which I don't know if you know this, but this is the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen somewhere else... Please leave us your ratings and reviews. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download my comedy albums. And if you listen to the albums, leave reviews, especially on Spotify. For some reason, if you give it each track or the album itself a thumbs up, it gets a lot more visibility. So give me those thumbs up, my ass. <laughs> also... Uh, we have a fabulous guest today. This is someone, actually, I'm very excited to have him on the show again. It's been a long time. He's one of our favorites. Jeff Hiller, yes. hilarious comic actor Jeff Hiller, uh, is promoting a brand new one-man show he's doing called The Designing Women Monologues. But first, I have to introduce everyone's favorite co-host, Ryan Frostig. Hi. Hello. And of course, JB, behind the board. Hello. JB's wearing a Superman hoodie. As always. Superman that uh, hoe. I barely recognized him. You. Oh, remember that? What oh, happened yeah. to him, Soldier, Soldier Boy? Boy uh, he, he what went didn't to happen to him? Oh, yeah. Like, after everyone said he's a trash artist. He's probably so. got a buttload of money. Mm, but. Um, <laughs> load. You said butt and load in the mm, same sentence. Yeah. Mm. Oh! 
Today we're going to be catching up on old stories, as we often do uh, after we've been off the air for a couple weeks. Um, And we'll be talking about all sorts of interesting things. But first, I need to ask a question of Ryan Frostig. Some time ago you said to me that you were going to be moving away from eating meat, Mm -hmm. as I have. Mm -hmm. I've been vegan for a couple of years, vegetarian for like eight years. How is your non-meat eating adventure going? It's not... It's not going. Um, it will go one day, maybe someday soon. But In like thirty um, years. No, I I actually am I'm looking I'm looking to twenty twenty to be the 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 start the meatless year the meatless year. Once again, you can read all about this in Ryan's new book, Meatless <laughs> Planet Year Planet. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the idea actually of um, the meatless year, and it's a year of no meat of any kind. So that means no dick. I know. I know. That's never going to happen. I know, but that would, be, it would make for a good book. Yeah, but that was. Would... Take a dick as meat. If you're a vegetarian, you can't take dick. Oh, that's semen. ridiculous. I'm not, um, I'm not consuming it. I'm just putting it in my mouth. But I really don't eat that much meat. I feel like, I mean, I think maybe once a day. I feel like your most basic food group are those. Acai bowls that you oh, love, those like chocolate generation. pudding bowls that you eat. Juice Generation, if you're listening, as lunch. <laughs> can you please be a sponsor? Because we, I, I support you, and you should support us. By the way, I'm thinking of creating an Amazon wish list for the ass mm. for listeners to buy us stuff for Christmas if they want to. <laughs> what would you put on this list? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, we definitely need the pumpkin spice poppers. We need yep. the guy braider. But I then, would definitely love a manscaper. <clears throat> you want a manscaper? I, I've seen this commercial for manscaping. I'm like, is this a real thing? Like, there's a shaver for the private areas. So yeah, I, like, I have one. How, how is it? Well, I have two things. I have a um, a, a, a product by Wohl, W-O-H-L, which is like a tiny little wand with a single electric blade. And they say it's for, like, eyebrows and ear sideburn area but really it's for your nutsack and your butthole and that works beautifully um and then for larger areas like when i shave my chest and my arms i use a uh, phillips norelco man groomer so send me the link that you want jb and we'll create a wish list if derek and romaine do this and they get tons of shit we're getting shit we are we don't get none of us gets well ryan and i don't get paid for this and it is christmas and hanukkah so and we've been very good boys anyway the reason i asked you about the reason i asked you about eating meat is because there is one more reason to consume a plant-based diet a new study found that eating plant-based food over meat Boosts men's erections by 500%. Wow. The new Netflix documentary, The Game Changers, looks at the impact of athletes who adopted a meat-free diet. A study found an almost 500% rise (laughs) in the frequency and length of time that a man's erection lasted after eating a vegetarian meal before bed compared to eating a meat-based meal. This documentary uh, is now available on Netflix. You can watch it for yourself. The study compared the effects meat has on erection length and strength throughout the night of these football uh, players. This is kind of hot. Dr. Aaron Spitz, (laughs) a leading urologist, attached a two-ringed device to three American footballers as they slept, which read the performance and frequency of their erections. How would you like this job? I, mean, I would love that job. One ring sat at the I base of the penis, while the other t- sat just behind the head. Um, for the first night of the test, the three athletes were given tacos for dinner, 
containing high-quality meat such as organic pork, organic chicken, and grass-fed beef. Um, when the results came, everyone was left shocked and giggling. One of the players, Mason, saw almost a 9% increase in the girth of his erection. Ooh. While the frequency and time they lasted rose by 303%, another player discovered he was 8% more erect. His frequency had risen a whopping 477%. Um, Dr. Spitz warns that this is not a scientifically validated study, but the ro- results we're seeing are going to wake up a lot of people. Um, I-, I have to tell you, I have not noticed this at all Yeah, I don't since wanna, I stopped eating meat. I don't want to challenge science. But why are you talking? Well, he just said it wasn't scientifically proven. Yeah, that was a last statement. So this all just sounds like a publicity stunt. Unless I get some science (laughs) and some graphs. It's definitely good promotion for the movie. Well, I just don't. I I don't. I have no issues with my my erections. They are fully formed. Well, you're what twenty eight. I'm just eighteen years old. I have to say, lately, really legal. Lately, I noticed that if I'm having like a long bout of sex, yeah. It's very hard for me to maintain like a full erection through the whole thing. It kind of goes up and down. Well, for me, I, I don't. I'm not always able to ejaculate, but I am always able to get hard. So even if I'm not able, which can be, you know, we've talked about this. Sometimes it doesn't matter. But sometimes you really do want to come, and it's not that I can't. Like it, it's all, <laughs> it's all there. It's all ready to go. But it just I can't. So it's like you yeah, have a tantric I, orgasm where it's on the inside. On the inside. Well, <clears throat> no one should be eating meat. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for you, and it's uh, it's painful. We will and pick up on this animals. in the new year when I stop eating. All meat. right, we'll, 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 we'll you check heard in. it here first. You heard it here first. Twenty twenty, no meat. Plan it, not do it. Meanwhile, <laughs> our favorite disgraced former congressman Aaron Shock is in the news again because he was once again spotted at a gay night spot in L.A. And who happened to be there? Drag queen Johnny Reinhardt. <laughs> Johnny Reinhardt is becoming Aaron Schock's bet noir, if you know what that expression means. Wherever he is, she always shows up to shade him. And so she tweeted, Aaron Schock at Ostbanoff. Happy Halloween, babe. Love your clown costume. Shade. He was not actually wearing a clown costume. Um, and then uh, Joel Kim Booster, who's a very funny gay comedian, tweeted, Aaron Shock at the Carrie-themed warehouse party is immersive theater. <laughs> Reinhardt tweeted, I said hi to him. I told him we're waiting on his statement. I said I hope he's having a great night. I told him I hope he sucks a dick tonight. And, ho- <laughs> and happy Halloween. My blood is fucking boiling. Wow. I love her. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep him coming. Shock, just for the record, has still not come out, has still not issued an apology for his anti-gay votes when he was in Congress, but he does continue to traipse around West Hollywood. And, you know, what pisses me off is I'm sure he's getting so much ass because these these foul West Hollywood queens just don't give a shit that he's a terrible person. They just want that body and that dick. Yep. Meanwhile. Proves my statement that gay queens are shallow. It's a controversial statement, JB, but I support you on that. JB is known for his controversial statements. That's the only reason why I'm on the show. (laughs) He adds the spice. In other news, the world of WWE wrestling is about to get its first openly gay wrestler. Yeah. Yes, queen! His name is Jake Atlas. Um, He will step into the ring in 2020 when Ryan stops eating meat. 
and that will make him the first ever out gay pro wrestler in the United States. He gained international attention on the indie wrestling scene in 2017 when he won the Southern California Rookie of the Year Award. He was also in the news several months ago for kissing his opponent in the ring, which apparently is frowned upon in the world of uh, wrestling. His opponent, Cameron Gates, was grabbed by Atlas, uh, who landed a wet kiss on him. Atlas wrote on Twitter, I played up to my strength to help my boy Cam Gates out. Uh, some people thought this was a form of assault. But uh, we applaud the fact that he is to be the first openly gay wrestler, and it made me think of our friend Anthony Bowens. Yeah. Uh, I have tried numerous times to get him and Michael Bavano back on the show. They are simply too famous at this point. They never are available. Well, at least we can say we knew them when. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Jake Atlas's Twitter, and if you look at it, it just seems like he's wrestling a lot of females. And he's I, wrestling females? Uh, yeah, like literally hopping off bars and ladders to tackle them and i i don't know if this is a publicity stunt by the wwe so you can only wrestle well or is this like you know wwe is all about showmanship and so probably this is exactly what you just said they're just trying to like get attention i'm sure he's not actually hurting these women well, no i'm not i'm sure he's not hurting these women my whole thing is why is he as a gay man why is he only wrestling women where's the men <laughs> there do seem to be a number yeah. of these videos yeah right it's weird huh we'll have to investigate that for next time Meanwhile, a report this week, uh, sorry, a report October 1st that came out claims that Matthew Perry rejected a script that uh, he was supposed to act in for Friends in which the character Chandler snuck into a gay bar because he loved the tuna mounts that they served. In his book Generation Friends, writer Saul Austerlitz, a nice Episcopalian boy, hmm. claims that... Um, Perry said no, and the story was shelved. <sighs> this is a bigger issue for me. Let's hear it. It seems to be very popular on social media these days for particularly woke millennials to bash friends mm -hmm. and say it was homophobic, it was transphobic, it was this, it was that, it was the other thing. And I have a problem with that. I think Friends is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Let's look at the first uh, accusation was that they had no characters of color. Absolutely true. And that is a problem. Guess what? Same as every other sitcom for the first 50 years of television. Like, except for specifically black sitcoms like The Jeffersons, Good Times, The Cosby Show. Every show right. was entirely white cast. That was the norm. It wasn't right. It wasn't good. But to somehow single out Friends... As being too white and not Cheers, Frasier, Seinfeld, yeah, Mash. I don't like any of those. Well, so. <laughs> and that's fine. I'm not saying everyone has to love Friends, but but to say Friends specifically had this problem of all white characters is kind of strange. Yeah, I agree. When they weren't different from Will and Grace, yeah. they weren't different from any other sitcom. Until about 10 years ago, it was considered normal to have no people of color as series regulars. Not just in sitcoms, but even in dramas. And thankfully, we've moved past that. And now it's weird if a show doesn't have a person of color right. in, in, a, in a leading role. Now, it, now I can understand being upset about there not being diversity on a, a television show or in a movie. But like, we can't harp on, on what we didn't get in the past because we know, we clearly know that it wasn't there. And I'm sure that like, if, 
I was a person of color growing up, I would feel isolated not seeing myself sure. represented. But now we now we know and now we can do better. It's also not on the air anymore. Like, what, yeah. what a waste of time. We're going to go back and attack the past. The past was fucked up in a whole lot of ways. A, a lot of ways. And, and we, so is the present. But let's deal with the present. Yeah. The other thing is that, oh, Friends was homophobic. Friends, listen, I was 22 or 23 living in Atlanta when Friends first hit. The fact that Ross's ex-wife was a lesbian blew everyone's mind. Yeah. No one could believe there was a lesbian character on TV, on a sitcom, no less. <laughs> The end of the first season, either the first or second season, she gets married. They have a lesbian wedding that yeah. Ross saves, and all the main characters attend. And that was what ninety four, ninety three. Yeah, it was like with Can with Candace Gingrich, Newt Gingrich's sister, who for some reason pronounces her last name differently, who's a lesbian. She played the minister that married them. It was like big fucking deal. Yes, Friends was way ahead of its time. Now, were there jokes about Chandler and Joey? Being homophobic and Ross, yeah, the joke was about their being homophobic. Yeah, it wasn't a big, about gay people. To me, I watch them, those episodes now. I watch I watch Friends repeats all the time. I do not feel like anyone is attacking LGBTQ people. But you know, it's also like there are there are um, woke millennials that have a problem with Will and Grace. Oh, they have a problem with everything. Gay Everything's wrong. Everything's bad. But it's like we didn't have anything else. Like yes, they're gay stereotypes, but the fact that they're gay stereotypes that are being uh, presented on national television is important. You know, right. in some, that's how we start. Some, that, exactly. In that, in that particular um, medium, that's how we and start. And when Kathleen Turner was cast as Chandler's father at the time, everyone thought it was amazing. Everyone mm -hmm. thought it was so bold of them. Now, the problem with that character is it was never clear whether she was a drag queen or a trans woman. Right. It was muddled. And they didn't, make it clear because they didn't know themselves. I don't think they the, the writers really understood what it was to be trans at that point. But again, she was a sympathetic character. Yeah. You liked her. Yeah. Ultimately, they all accepted her and, and she was invited to the wedding and, and welcomed to be a part of Chandler and Monica's life. And she now says herself, Kathleen Turner, that she thought the show hadn't aged well. She says, how they approached me with it was, would you like to be the first woman playing a man playing a woman? I said yes because there weren't many drag slash trans people on television at the time. And that's the point. Right. There weren't. So is incorrect visibility better or worse than no visibility? Exactly. I'm sorry, but I just I can't with all the friends bashing. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there was a story that caught my eye. Do you remember the episode of Friends where Joey and Chandler are feuding and Joey puts all of Chandler's clothes on at the same time? And says, look at me, I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> well, an airline passenger actually did this. Jill or Gail Rodriguez from the Philippines decided to wear five pounds of her clothing after her carry-on luggage exceeded the maximum weight of 14 pounds. The traveler was informed by airline staff at the check-in counter that her suitcase weighed too much and that she'd be charged a, uh, an extra fee, refusing to make the payment. She instead transformed her overweight baggage into an outfit consisting of multiple T-shirts, pants, and jackets. I think this is brilliant. Yes. She says it was very hot. 
And she didn't know that her post would go viral. She posted about this on social media. But it has amassed uh, tens of thousands of likes, thousands of comments, and has been shared more than 20,000 times. Many people saying, this is a great idea. I'm going to do it, too. I could never do this. I can't stand to be even a little bit overheated. Oh, no, no. I run very warm. Yeah. And that will not... Particularly on an airplane. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Is the Statue of Liberty a 300-foot drag queen? Yes. Yes. I think so. A new document. So. A new documentary claims that it that it could be. It's long been believed that the sculptor of the Statue of Liberty, Frederic Auguste Bartholdi, based the statue on his mother. But in 2016, a journalist named Elizabeth Mitchell suggested that it might actually be Bartholdi's brother. Going through photos that Bartholdi had in his files of his brother. She started to look at the face more carefully and said it really did look like Lady Liberty. His brother in his adult years had actually gone mad. And it was Bartholdi's task to go once a week to visit, sometimes spending hours there. So they're thinking maybe he's just started sketching. Yeah. And the Statue of Liberty. Next thing you know. Like Kathleen Turner. You got a Bertold she. <laughs> Bartholdi. I know. We got a Bertold she. Oh, instead of Bertold he. <laughs> that was dumb. Oh, trans humor is the best. Oh, We're going to skip this story about uh, gay guys listing the first date behaviors that immediately turn them off. We'll do that at another time. I'm uh, hoping that our guest shows up. Oh, my God. If this is another Justin Utley. I think Jeff Hiller is hanging out with Justin Utley right now. Justin Utley is actually forming his own podcast. Of and it's all, all the people who have people that don't our show podcast. up to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's an extremely reliable person, and he confirmed that he was going to be here. And I, I would be shocked if he didn't show up shortly. But in any case, we're going to move on to this story. Uh, this is this may be my favorite story of the year, aside from Natalia. Um, a dead man in Ireland pranked his entire family by recording his own voice before he died and then instructing that it be played from the casket during his funeral. Oh, my God. <laughs> so as the casket was being lowered into the ground, this is what his, uh, the funeral attendees heard. Hello. You shame me, I'm in the box. No, I'm fucking front of you. I'm dead. You're gonna hear that. Hello again. Hello. I just called to say goodbye. I'm gonna die, I pray to say. Hello again. Hello. That is. I really actually really like that because, you know, it, like death is obviously so difficult, but um, it sounds like people received that well and were laughing and were, yeah. like, it made it made light of this, you know, not so. It, his name is Shay Bradley. This was in Kilkenny, Ireland, and his dying wish was to have the tape played at the funeral. Um, they did alert the mourners ahead of time that this was going to happen. Because otherwise, why, it could have been really terrifying. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it could have gone a whole um, way. I want that to happen at my funeral, but I want no one to know. <laughs> yeah. like, only, only my immediate family knows, so the real, only the real people will know. Like, what would that sound like, JB? It would be hilarious. Oh, my God. So I would cry, and then I would call for video games, because that's who I am. 
or let me out this box. Oh, I will go get our guest settled. Yes, and shut my dog up if you can. Um, just to continue with the story, his daughter Andrea said that her father's dying wish was to have it played. She said her father recorded the audio about a year beforehand with her brother and her nephew. And uh, days before the funeral, her brother did tell the rest of the siblings and their mother about the prank. The brother said he wanted to make sure my mom would be laughing, leaving the cemetery, and not crying. So I think this is a great idea, and we should all start uh, recording pre-funeral <laughs> tapes. I'm going to put a whole act together. There's going to be like a, like a beginning, middle, and end. There'll be songs. There'll be, song. be patter. I think you should actually... Um, uh, yours should sound like you're in the box fucking someone, <laughs> or eating, <laughs> or eating, like just or both at the okay, same time. Yeah. So either I would ask for weed, or someone, or someone send me video games or a dick. What would be funny is if, as JB's coffin were being lowered, you just heard like, like a bomb <laughs> being smoked. <laughs> now I'll, it's I'll time ask you for a lighter. Now it's time for our weekly pride update. Hit it, Ann Steele. Well, there are absolutely no Pride celebrations happening anywhere in the world until February, so I thought we would take this time to talk about what we are most proud of this week. Ryan, what did you do this week that you're most proud of? Uh, I paid off my credit card bill. That's great! Yeah! JB? Nothing. Aww. That's sad. (laughs) We need to work on that answer for next week. Do something pride-worthy. Last night, I sang for old people. Yeah. At at the Sage uh, Center here in New York City. Yes, I was one of uh, a dozen members of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus that sang Beatles songs for people, one of whom had actually been at the Ed Sullivan Theater the night they performed on the show. Oh, wow. Or she made it up. Either way, it's a great story. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is time for our guest segment, and... Our guest today is a returning ass favorite. And here's what's crazy. He's guest hosted the show several times, but he's never been an actual guest on the show until now. A wonderfully talented actor and comedian. You know him from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, The President Show, 30 Rock, the movie Greta, and the Broadway musical Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. He's currently getting ready to do a brand new one-man show at the Public Theater entitled The Designing Women Monologues. Please give a warm ass welcome back to Jeff Heller. And the studio audience goes insane. Jeff, Jeff, welcome. Hi. Hi. Wait, before we get started, because I don't see it here in the breakdown, I just saw um, Hercules. Oh, good call. uh, However many weeks ago that was. Yeah. You were amazing in that. Thank you. You played um, Pain or Panic? I can't remember. I played Panic. Panic. You can think of it as Gay Panic. (laughs) It was so brilliant. Your performance was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I didn't get to see it. It I heard it was so good. It was amazing. It was a celebration of like so many things. It was amazing. That's the public works thing. So, you know, there's like 200 people on the stage. Yeah. Oh, was that crazy? Yes. Yes. I mean, how could it be? Yes. But great. Awesome. Jeff, what are you most (laughs) proud of this week? Well, I did laundry before I came here. That is something to be proud (laughs) of. That is. I always feel so good. (laughs) I do. I need to do laundry, and I also need to clean my entire house. I was looking at my bathroom last night, and I was like, it's been a while since I've done a real cleaning in here. We got um, one of those... You know, Roombas. Oh, oh, those are scary. Those it's are an really... off-brand one. It's a Ufi. <laughs> a Fumba. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a Fumba. And I kind of thought, like, oh, we paid money for this. Now our house will just always be clean. 
It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's a rip. It's very small. How much could it like suck in? I mean, do you have to empty it constantly? Not constantly. Because when I vacuum my apartment once, I have like the amount of dog hair yeah, and you have dust. An like I have to, I have to empty it every single time. But do you do you vacuum annually? No, I vacuum like I'd say once <laughs> or twice a month. I vacuum oh. annually, <laughs> for sure. My apartment's so dusty. Jeff, tell us about the designing women monologues. The the description on the Joe's Pub website and your own website is somewhat mysterious. I don't actually know what this is. What well, is this? It's certainly not because I had to turn in the description before I had written the show. <laughs> is that what if That's what you're getting at. Uh, How dare I don't you? Don't mean to suggest Never. such a thing. <laughs> it is. Um, I, well, I should. It's important because some people have been like, "Oh, you're just gonna, you know, recite Julia Sugarbaker monologue." That's and, what I thought. Yeah, that's not. I was what hoping. I'm, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm. That's, that's not, not all exclusively you're doing. Exclusively, what I'm doing. <laughs> the, the, um, it, the, there is some original content written by me, not by Linda Bloodworth. <laughs> Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to call her just by her maiden name. You just go Bloodworth. Uh, <laughs> I'm real plugged in in that sense. It's a show where I'm going to be... Okay, so I don't do many impressions, but I do impressions of the four original designing women. So um, can't believe I'm not on Saturday Night Live. I really I, can't believe it. <laughs> well, Gibbs. But now that they have Bo and Yang, maybe you're next. Yeah, exactly. Just an old homosexual. I'm sure <laughs> that'll be happening. Um... <laughs> <laughs> who only does impressions of, of women from 80s from the same, No, just from one show. Just one show. I could but al- you do all four, which is impressive. <laughs> Can we hear a little bit of each? Oh, God. Um, okay, okay. Uh, uh, this is Jean Smart, uh, Charlene. Um, she goes, uh... <laughs> That's it. And then, <laughs> and then this is Mary Jo, played by Annie Potts. I mean, can you believe that? And then this is Delta Burke, uh, you know, Suzanne. Excuse me. Excuse me. And then. Consuela. <laughs> exactly. Consuela made me get my pig. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we all have our own Julia. I, I won't reveal that here. Oh. Yeah. oh. <laughs> now, you were a, obviously a, a huge fan of the show. Yes. At well, the time? Or did it- yes, I was. My mom and I used to watch it together because, oh. uh, you know. You're gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so, but I had this show originally scheduled for October 15th. And so I sat down to write it. And then Hulu started streaming Designing Women. And, um, and I had commercial free Hulu. I bought it for the first time. It's quite and an investment. So I did what you have to do. And I moved my show to November and I binged Designing Women. From beginning you already to had the idea. You you knew no. you were gonna do no. No, that is what gave me the idea. I just knew I had a show coming. You just had up to watch, and I needed an idea for it. And oh. designing women gave it to me. Wow. So what came to you as you were watching it? As you were rewatching it on Hulu? What came to me? Um, well, first of all, the show is just a bunch of ladies sitting around talking. They're just they all give monologues because the first three seasons were written by one person. She just wrote every mm. single episode in longhand on a legal pad. Can you And this That's is like amazing. 24 season, 24 yeah. episode seasons. It's not like Right, like it's not like 10 episodes yeah. on HBO or uh-huh. what have you. Six of Fleabag. Come on. Huh? This is nothing. <laughs> I I Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I Linda Bloodworth, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um all of the women, they all have like a it's like a very special episode every episode and they all just talk about whatever their issue is and I was like, I'm into this. 
and they tackle all these big issues. They tackled AIDS in 1987. Oh, yeah. They also tackled like some weird ones. Like there was one episode where Julia took up running and like the moral of the story was that like running hurts your knees. <laughs> so they're not all winners. <laughs> Which, you know. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it does hurt that, your butt. That's my favorite episode. I find myself weeping. That is the episode at that her pain. made me yeah. who yeah. I am today. That, I mean, that one will go down in the television annals. No, but they were. It, it was an extremely progressive show. Yes, which yes. was sort of funny. It was ironic because here are these four rather genteel, right? Liberal s- words, conservative accents. Yes, mm. and set in Atlanta. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, so what's the, the, you're still skirting around the issue? What what <laughs> what is your fucking show about? It's about gender. Okay, it's about gender and what it's like to be um, a sissy, cisgendered man. Hmm. In other words, <laughs> you, you put the cis. I put the cis and cisgender. Yeah. Is that a line from the play? Because it should be. It actually kind of is. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and, and the fact that we identify with these sort of strong female outspoken characters. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's all you're going to say. Are you still writing this? Um, yeah. <laughs> I was writing it while I was doing laundry today. Yeah. Have you no. been studying the Ryan Frostig method? <laughs> this, is, this sounds very familiar. Hmm. Plan it. Don't do it. Plan it. Don't do it. That's the name of that's Ryan's upcoming that's my, book. That's my, that's my new book. Is it? Plan it. Don't do it. Plan it don't do it. Uh, got lots of plans. Big plans. Uh, now, the problem is, is when you plan it, mm-hmm. and, but then you go so far as to plan it and sell tickets to it. <laughs> yeah, that's... But I've been in that situation before, and it really does put light a fire under your ass. Yeah, it's a real deadline maker. The last week, you'll it'll you'll do it. It'll be done. I am I am meeting with my director, you know, and I'm making it sound like it's a. I have a rough draft. It's just it's rough. Yeah. And I want to make it better. Sure. I want to make it for the people to and be good. And I, we should say it's only a one-night-only event. It's so a you're, one-night-only you're kind of putting all of your uh, eggs into one basket. Yeah, if it doesn't go well, I have... Atonement for 180 seats. <laughs> now, if it does, sure if all it, could be filled, but if it does go well, this could maybe appear again somewhere. Yeah, that's the hope, right? You don't want to do all this work just for one fucking night. God, no, <laughs> no. I hope this is on Broadway. This needs to be the next bright colors and bold patterns. Oh yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, you did. Thank you. Um, I didn't write that one. I was just. In I know, it. I know, but you took over for Drew, and you were, you were both brilliant in it. We is, really were. Is it more fun that when you great. can just do, be in it and you don't have to write it? Oh my God, profoundly. Are you kidding? Like, is there any? <laughs> yes. Like I wouldn't no... know. I've only ever written my. No one's ever said like, "Hey, I wrote this part for you." Like, I oh, would really? love that. That would be my dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody's ever said I wrote this part for you. But you, People or, or said, you'd be great. I'll for let this. you play this part, right? Yeah. Or you'd be really good and for this. I say thank. But you. it really, like, I, I, I didn't see you, but I saw Drew, and it really is like a tour de force role. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to to play that kind of role is like a, a huge honor. We all want the, that kind of material that is like there's so much some to, meat on the bone. There's a lot of meat. Yeah, absolutely. Some sweet, sweet gay meat on that gay, gay bone. Now, <laughs> I have to know, you, you, you will be doing some monologues in this. I will show. be doing almost exclusively monologues. Will you be doing the famous Suzanne Sugarbaker pageant read? Oh, you excuse mean, me, the Julia the Sugarbaker. Light, the yes. night the lights went out in Georgia? Yes. It's too iconic. <gasps> I can't touch it. I'm just playing it on the video. Well, uh, perf- that's a perfect segue because JB hit it. And you probably didn't know, Marjorie, that Suzanne was not just any Miss Georgia. She was the 
Miss Georgia, she didn't twirl just a baton. That baton was on fire. And when she threw that baton into the air, it flew higher, further, faster than any baton has ever flown before, hitting a transformer and showering the darkened arena with sparks. And when it finally did come down, Marjorie, my sister caught that baton and 12,000 people jumped to their feet for well, 16, 16 and one, and one half, half minutes, minutes of uninterrupted thunderous ovation as flames illuminated her tear-stained face and that Marjorie just, just so, so you will know, know and your children, children will know. someday know is the night the lights went out in Georgia <laughs> Wow. I, whenever I see that clip, I think about that poor blonde woman, Marjorie, Marjorie who who has no lines and is not great. She's not great. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's just like a basic pageant bitch. She has one line. She's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know you were you could hear me." Right. She's like, "Yes, I gather." Now, I I have I came really late to this show. I didn't watch this show growing up. Oh, I just really? there were certain shows I missed. Because I watched so much fucking TV and, right. you know, we didn't have DVRs. Or... It was CBS Monday night, so you might have been watching ABC on Monday night. I probably was. What was on? I don't know. I was on CBS. <laughs> well, in any case, I moved to Atlanta after college for oh, two did? years. And in those days, in the early 90s, every gay bar you went to yeah. was a video bar where they would play either music videos or they would play clips, like classic clips. Right. It'd from... be like Jennifer Holiday and I Am Telling You. Yes. And this shit. And, the, and in Atlanta, especially, this clip was played. And I was like, what is this? And everyone knew it by heart. Of course. Everyone. Of course. I mean, it is operatic and gorgeous, yeah. you must admit. It's wonderful. I have a problem with the tense at the end. It should be, that was the night the lights went out in Georgia. But that's just because I'm a glamour, <laughs> glamour Nazi. <laughs> Jeff... <sighs> I don't, I don't know much about your life story. You grew up in San Antonio. <laughs> okay. A poor black child. No, 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 no. Tell us about your... <laughs> the whitest person ever. Tell us about your life story and leave nothing out. Oh, okay. Well, um... We have 13 minutes. Uh, well, we're going to ha- we're gonna have to fill some time. Uh, my, sh- my life is lame. Um, I grew up in Texas... It's. Uh, I always say it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to grow up gay there. Yeah. Um, then I moved to Denver, where I worked for AmeriCorps, and I was a social worker. That was I, that was Bill Clinton's Teach for America program. Yeah, but this was it. it, it you didn't just have to teach; you could also work in a social service uh-huh, agency. Uh-huh. So I worked at, with homeless youth, and good then I moved you. to. <laughs> thank you. You're such a good person. I really am. You're a really good person. Then I moved. <laughs> What else can I say that'll make you think I'm good? <laughs> then I moved to New York to get my master's in social work, um, but really it was a ruse. I just wanted to tell everyone that that's why I was moving here, but really I wanted to be an actor. You knew it. Mm-hmm, but I was too embarrassed to tell anybody, so then I just deferred for a year. Sure. And, and then I started taking classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And I became a comedian. Now, when you so were... that now I'm not such a good person. I was like, screw you, homeless people. I'm going to be an actor. Listen, anyone can work with homeless people, <laughs> but it takes someone with real talent to get up on a stage and tell dick jokes. <laughs> Jeff, when you were growing up, when you were like also butthole jokes. Yeah, thank I, you. I don't mean to limit your repertoire. Don't, don't erase my. <laughs> don't erase the whole. When, my whole. Yeah. When you were like middle school, high school, college, were you doing theater? Were you performing? Um, or was this a secret passion? It, I was, I was always performing, weren't we all? <laughs> yes, darling. but um, I couldn't get cast in anything in my school plays because I was, uh, I was too gay. 
And very tall, right? Very tall. Yeah. Very tall, very, very S- gay. So when you started training with UCB, mm-hmm. had you, was that like your first time ever on a stage? No, I was like a chorus in the musicals and stuff like that. But And then I, I was doing improv in Denver. So I was like, oh, if you do improv, they can't, you, you, get, to, you get to write it. And right. And, and, an atom. and so then what happens, like, you know, tons of people do improv, stand up and so forth. What's the, what's the gig that you get that changes stuff where you're like, oh, I might actually make a living from this? Oh, uh, some commercials. I got some commercials. Oh. I was in a series of Snickers commercials in 2007. That's fabulous. Oh, yeah. Did they give you tons of free Snickers? I always um, wonder that. It was it was five commercials plus 30 minutes of web content. Honey, that's a campaign. Yeah. It was a campaign. I'm Word. not going to lie to you. It was, it was a campaign. It was a full campaign. I played a pilgrim. And the, I remember the, I remember it. Oh the the idea was that a Snickers bar is a feast, so there were all these people known for feasting, and I was a pilgrim. And so we had to eat all of these Snickers, and they were like, you know, you can spit them out. And I was like, no way. I'm, you give me a free Snickers. I'm not going to eat the free Snickers. <laughs> and so I ate them for a full week. You guys, I did not poop for three days. I was just going to say, I, I would have nonstop not, diarrhea. Uh, I can't eat that much candy. Problem. Opposite wow. problem. It stopped you up. Well, now Stop we know what up. to do. The next time you yeah. can't stop shitting. Thanks for the, uh, <laughs> the eat Snickers. Yeah. You're welcome. Without it's getting my into own act- little emodium. Without getting into actual numbers. Do you make enough from the campaign that you're set for a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, at so that time, nice. not now. I don't think you, I, now it's like not that way. Really? Yeah. yeah it's, I feel like it sucks. Uh, different like contracts and. Yeah. And there's not as much network TV. So it's just like, you know. When you book your first. In front of your YouTube clip. When you book your first major sitcom or film, what year is that? Uh, it was, well, I was on this show called Starved on FX, but that was just. They ended up, you just heard my voice. Um, that was 2006. But then I got on 30 Rock in like 2007 or 8. And that's when you're like, I mean, you must have been so psyched. Oh, God, yeah. To be on 30 Rock? Hell yeah. Amazing. Yeah, because it was a good show. It was a fun experience. Yeah, it was. Tina Fey's nice. She Do you wants, want me to say she's nasty? Well, she wants. Did co- you want? She she cock blocked me at the <gasps> Mean Girls premiere. What does that mean? And I'll never forget. What do you mean, I, a friend of mine brought she me to the somebody up. That my you friend Amy to? Slotnick, who uh-huh. worked for Miramax, brought me to the Mean Girls premiere, which was amazing. Like star studded, yeah. fully catered. Lindsay Lohan's there, and there's Lauren Michaels. And my entire dream, I've wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, and I was still young enough that it could happen at that point. And Amy brings me over to him. And he, she's like, this is my friend Adam Sank. He's a comedian. Oh, the Mean Girls movie premiere. Yes. Mm. Oh. And so Lauren like starts talking to me for like 10 seconds. And then Tina Fey literally walks by and goes, Lauren, I have to talk to you. And grabs him away from me, which he probably asked her to do if he wound up in a conversation. First with of all, that's the worst s- Tina Fey I've ever heard. Uh. <laughs> she sounded very whiny at that moment. Second of all, how dare she do that at the movie that she wrote and starred in? I mean, and her own it premiere. It was clearly my moment. She was trying to make it about herself. That m- bitch. Selfish. <laughs> All right. In the time remaining, Jeff, it's time to play everyone's favorite quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Besides me, who's the funniest person you've ever met? <laughs> I can't, it's you. I can't say it. Thank you. So who's the funny? Philip Teratula. Who the fuck is that? 
a brilliant actor. He should be cast in everything. Cast him in everything. Wow. Would we know him from something? He um, has this Instagram character named Pam Goldberg, the oldest living equity member. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you're not following it, you're a fool. That's all I need to hear. Philip Teratula, if you're listening, call us at 844-825-5367. What's a lie that you tell all the time? Um, I mean, this is a really good question. I'm just deciding how, how, how bare I go. Go bare uh, or go home. <laughs> What's a my lie motto. I tell all the time? Well, I... I, um, I, I have the same reaction when anybody says, I saw you in something. I always say, oh my gosh, thank you. Good eyeballs. <laughs> Which isn't really a lie, but it's a pro forma yeah. sort of chit chat. And I always make it sound like that's the first time I've said it, which mm-hmm. is not true. Not the truth. So your delivery is a lie. Exactly. But you are happy that they saw it. Oh my God, totally. How old were you the first time you touched a penis other than your own? Oh, young. Really? Yeah. Like very young, like untoward young, um, like four, <gasps> playing four? with my neighbors. Yeah, but they but it was, they were also I, but children. But there was like hardly yeah. any dicks I touched in my twenties. If it makes it, in <laughs> you made up for it later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you are six foot five. Yeah. Is everything on you proportional? Oh, are you asking if I have a tiny penis or a giant one? <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, I don't, I've never gotten any complaints. Uh, hey. Hey. I think there'd be nothing worse, like to, like Howard Stern says, than to be a very tall man with a very small dick. Does I that think happen that, a lot? I, yeah, he claims that his is really small and it looks worse because he's 6'5". Oh, wait, you listen to Howard Stern? Love Howard Stern. But how can you do that when you are yourself an, a, a talk radio host well we are in competition stealing his his bits i I have stolen his entire basically his ethos and his you know everything we do on the show all the sound effects and like the silly things we do i i get from him Uh, he's my he's my inspiration um good listening good artists imitate great artists steal i i also just i love i love his brain i love his humor what do you think is the ugliest word in the english language oh um um, pantyhose. That is bad. Yeah. But I mainly because I think about a barefoot inside pantyhose, and I think that's just the grossest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> to walk around in pantyhose with no shoes. Yeah. Which is something you've done. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, There's actually gay pantyhose porn. Have you guys yeah. ever seen that gay porn where guys yeah. are in stockings? It's Absolutely. very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes they'll step I'm wearing in them right now. All right, you. I mean, they feel good. You have spent years perfecting your improv. I want you to come up with a punchline for this joke on the God. spot. Okay. A gay porn star walks into a bar. This the is bar like match game. The bartender says, "What are you having?" The gay porn star says, "Blank." AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. We would have also accepted anal warts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gonorrhea. It definitely had to be a disease. You uh, know, after I after I was a social worker with the homeless youth, I worked in the Denver Health, and I used to do pre and post test counseling, and I used to work in the STD clinic and would test people for gonorrhea. You just swab their butts. Yeah, and also your, their throats. Mm-hmm. And Not their, with the and same Q tip. Ureth- no, no, no. Your and their urethral canal. Oh, that's the worst one. When oh they my put god! It in your it, dick it, hole. So many people faint. It hurts so much. You should definitely write a one man show about that. Yeah. Um, what's been the most exciting? God, that's what I should have done. Oh, crap. I have the title. Jeff Hiller in Swab. 
<laughs> I thought it would be warts and all. <laughs> See, you, you improved upon it. That's why you're the star and I have a podcast no one listens to. Um, what's been the most exciting night of your life so far? I also have a podcast no one listens to if it's any consolation. True story. What was the question? What's been the most exciting night of your life so far? Oh, I don't want to talk about that time I murdered that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, that does get your adrenaline going. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. It's yet to come. It's yet to come. Good I, answer. I, I like um I I like it. I like. I got married. That wasn't very exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> it was in the day. Uh, I mean, maybe the night that something premiered. Oh, yeah. I'm like feeding you answers. When I um. Let's see. I don't normally get invited to the movies I'm in, the premieres. Um, oh, Bloody Buddy. We had a premiere. We had an opening night. It's cool. Bloody Buddy and yeah. Jackson. It wasn't all that exciting, to be yeah. honest. There were just a lot of people You're making me not me. envy you at all. <laughs> all right. Here's your James Lipton question. Oh, okay. If heaven exists, uh-huh. what would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hey, bitch. Uh, <laughs> God is a drag queen. <laughs> God is a drag queen. Maybe. If God is a drag queen. <laughs> uh, okay, I've never asked this before. What's the most people you've ever had sex with at one time? Uh, just two. A three-way. Yeah. I think that's probably a standard answer. Ryan? Uh, five. five, Six, including myself. Five. Wow. JB? Um... Okay, so it's not. It wasn't a three-way, but it was two guys on the same day. Oh, so not one on either end of you? Yeah, no, I wasn't spit roasted. I've had that, and it is fun. The designing women monologues. Wait, how happens, many for you? Uh, well, I've been at sex parties where there's like an entire room full of people. Yeah, so if you count that, then that's like dozens. Yeah, but that doesn't. Count. But in in terms of like yeah, an actual think. orgy type thing, probably five. The Designing Women Monologues happens November twenty fifth, Thanksgiving week, at the Public yeah, Theater the right here Thanksgiving. in New York City. Um, I hope I get a comp. How can people stalk you <laughs> on social media? I could do a comp. Uh, you can follow me at Boom Boom Hiller on across all platforms. And you should, because he's hilarious. Thank you for coming back. I'm sorry our time went so fast. What? Oh fuck yeah. me! I fucked up, didn't I? We haven't. Oh no! I've been trying to tell you since what? you went to the ask me no questions that you. I heard really you muttering worried. over there. We yeah. have 11 minutes left because I forgot that this show ends at 10 after and not on the hour. Uh, I was saying like Jeff Hiller oh is such God. a delightful guest. I was thinking time too. just flies like, by. We have a full 10 minutes to fill now, and oh, I am no. out of questions. <laughs> well, good. This is great because I want to know where it was that you had sex with six other people all right well ryan you tell your story my, well it's not that i mean just at my house just, in, <laughs> just a know, tuesday just a tuesday at my house but was it like you started out being like hey everybody come over so for basic, wine or was no, it you were like everybody no, come over we're having for a, an orgy time. yeah but the thing is it was um <laughs> it was six people this is actual audio my current boyfriend <laughs> okay and he was the only one that i knew from the group so everyone else was like a stranger uh, that makes sense but those are actually really hard to plan because you know it's like you, you don't know what you're gonna get when everyone shows up i mean sex is sex but really it's better when there is chemistry i was lucky enough to uh have assembled a group <laughs> of individuals that all um meshed well you really vibed well we had a really great vibe so what do you do if like four of them are are great but then there's that well, that's the thing. I don't know. That's I mean, me. I'm always that guy. 
<laughs> I think that I think that you as the individual, like I think at a certain point, it's no longer my responsibility to make sure that everyone's having a good time. Uh -huh. Like I'm the I am the host, but then at a certain point, you know, I'm gonna be busy. So if you're not having a good time, if you don't feel like you're, you know, that's on in, you. That's on you. You either have to make yourself, you know, have a good time. Uh -huh. or I feel that way about a regular party. Like if I host a cocktail party at my house, I'm trying to be a good host and make Do sure you? everyone has their drinks and Do so you host forth. Cocktail party? I have. Sure. I mean, that I don't sound so grown up. I don't so call 60s. them cocktail parties, yeah, but you, you know, a party, you know, okay. like oh, a New Year's yeah. Eve party. <laughs> a or, or a, I do have dinner parties sometimes. Do you? Yes, I'd love to you have cook? them. A ball? I do cook. A ball. Uh, I've had several balls. You have <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I want to make sure everyone's com having a good time, but it's not my, if some, if some dickhead is sitting in the corner by himself staring at a wall, it's not my job to entertain him. He right, needs you to have to choose. To I have will say time. this. Right. This was kind of, um, so I, the house was empty. I was the only one there. My roommates were out of town. But for some reason, we decided to still just keep within my tiny bedroom. I think that's very considerate. It is considerate, but I have a full-size bed. I don't have a queen, I don't have a king, so six well, what people... what would the other option be? To go to your roommate's room? No, the living no, room. No, the living room. Oh. Which, you know, if we had, I obviously would have cleaned as, as, as necessary. But we were f six people on a full-size bed. Right. I don't think I've ever had that many people. Like, it's one thing if it was a king, but we what, were all on a What board. kind of couch do you have? <laughs> a stained one a, a quilted leather um lovely couch one from that you can get pregnant leather. by leather oh well leather that's not so bad exactly that's why sean cody always has a leather couch. <laughs> or you get those rubber sheets <laughs> do you ever well, you know when you watch like porn like that like sean cody porn or whatever not what not you know even off-brand sean right. cody yeah, porn, yeah. where it's like clearly it's just like some room that he has just for the sex and it's like uh, uh, Ikea bed or whatever and then there's still like a towel laid down on top of the bedspread <laughs> where you're like just spring for a new duvet every yeah. time because that really takes you out of it. How it about when it's it's it, oh oftentimes in porn it's clearly a hotel room and it's oh, like yeah. who the fuck has to stay in that room when you guys are done? Like how disgusting. Yeah, that poor poor cleaning You better tip. Yeah. yeah, you better leave a, a 50. Uh -huh. But they don't though. You know they, they don't. don't. One time in Fire Island I had a I had a lot of 4Gs cuz I was uh, uh, in a lot of open relationships so it would be me and my boyfriend and another couple. And one really? time, yeah, other couples that you're this is unheard of in your relationship. <laughs> yes. In my relationship, yes, it is unheard of. Really, you guys are monog. We are monog, but I also feel like it's not so much the 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 not monog part is the it's the like I would not want to know the people. Well, when I was young, it was often with friends. As we as I got older, I would never want that because it's just weird. There's, I mean, I, I've right. learned some boundaries over the years. You don't want to <laughs> fuck your friends. Yeah, but. When we were in Fire Island once, this was like in the late nineties, early O's. This was my ex, and um, oh, you call them the O's? Yes, mm -hmm. the aughts. Yeah, we were fucking uh, two guys that were not in. They were not in a relationship. They were just two randos that we had met, and um, one was this very hot Brazilian guy, and one was this little twink, and the twink was basically the designated bottom. Like we were all just taking turns on him, and uh, which is weird because neither my boyfriend and I were tops. But anyway, that was just sort of the situation at that point. And the boy kept saying, yeah, fuck my ass and call it a cunt. <laughs> and he kept repeating that over and over again. And finally I was like, all right, you see that ass? It's a cunt. Like I didn't know what he wanted from me and I was so tired of the request. But I it was really story. important to him that we fuck his ass and call it a cunt. Oh, uh, I wonder if it really was important to him or if he was just like, I don't know how to dirty talk. He's being performative. A lot of people don't. Yeah, you can sometimes in porn you're like, oh, they told you to. 
talk, yeah. but you don't know what to say, and you haven't spent the last 20 years at the UCB. <laughs> <laughs> How is your dirty talk? Has that been improved by your all your improv? Mm, no. Touche. Because actually, you know what? You just, you know what? <laughs> That's my fault. Because, uh, not my fault, but that is, I lied. I thought my improv skills would help, but it doesn't. I'm bad at I'm bad at dirty talk. I don't Do you dirty like talk. dirty talk though? Not really. Because I don't really. Eat, like, I find it sort of silly, distracting. Yeah, and it does always feel performative. It always feels like I'm trying to be sexy. I can get really into it. First of all, I'm good at it, but I only do it if the says if, who. It, I know I am. Let's get him on the phone. I I have because I construct entire fantasies with yeah. like a plot and script and like so a, like there's a there's so a, you're like oh yeah no no. If you were, we were in the office, and then I, I would put you up on the desk and whip up your legs and. Oh, you really are hole. bad at this. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, like um, I'm trying to think of I one. I mean, like, I've are done. you doing like scenarios? Is that what I'm? Yeah, I I did choose the worst scenario. Yeah, that's not. We're at a desk job. Not really sad. <laughs> We're, we're, to it's be bagel made. day. We're making minimum wage <laughs> in a cubicle. Ooh, somebody took my lunch. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, take that, I'm out of post-it. Take that stapler and shove it up my ass. Oh, it's out of staples. Oh, even better. No, like I. Oh, Chipotle's closed, so I'm gonna eat your butthole. You're getting better. This no, is like, a dirty talk workshop. Actually, the last ten minutes is this is what we've got to. Like one fantasy I used to uh, use when I was when if I was the top is I would say okay, <laughs> I would say this to the bottom. I'd be like, you're in a fraternity house right now, and it's you and this one other bottom, and you guys are in a dick sucking competition, and you're sucking off all the these hot frat guys, and whichever one of you sucks the best dick is going to get fucked by all of them. Like I tell these stories, oh and my God, that's as, like, that's as like you you're are writing a porno, yes, not like you're, I think I could do this actually very successfully. You're, you're telling these stories in the moment as, as I'm it's getting happening. blown. Okay, yeah, because the thing and is, they go crazy. The, well, I mean, the why I know I'm good at it is it makes people go crazy. Uh-huh. Well, that sounds that sounds great, but I also <laughs> feel <laughs> you have notes. I just feel like for me, I like to. Um, walk the walk more than talk the talk rather than tell you that i like your big fat cock i just want to uh, show shit you shit don't tell exactly how much i like it now if something so like, organically oh. <laughs> oh i just shook my headphones Ooh. off <laughs> if something if something comes from a place of truth like if you really feel like you need to communicate something to me then i want to hear it but if you're just going to be like yeah, yeah, you fucking like when I'm putting my dick in your yeah, mouth? Yeah, I don't like yeah. being oh. asked over and over again if I like something. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, yes, yeah, I like it. Yes, I yes. like it. Or I'm like, sucking it. You want that. Yeah, yeah you, you want, want it. that. Yeah, you really want that, don't you? It's just well, we like, get that from porn. That's just bad porn And dialogue. that brings me back. That's like, it's, we learn. I've never had anybody actually tell me that. I've just seen it. You've never had someone ask you if you liked it? No. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> Yeah. My um my fag hag friend from college Heather she used to do an imitation of every gay porn because she would watch my gay porn and it was always like yeah fuck my ass mm, yeah your dick is so big oh yeah fuck it yeah and it was like, like so unsexy though the way they I like I like it but a also little, little I think there talker. is something kind of cute watching someone attempt to be sexy and do like dirty talk and then like fail Me like too. like i think that there's something adorable just about like you know not getting the words you know out what correctly. i don't like though when the bottom is like 
I like it. I like it. And their face is saying, that's me. I don't like it. And their dick is like, you know, a little nipple where it should. That was literally <laughs> no everything you all. just described. That was me Thursday night. I'm dating this guy right now with a huge dick and it is not easy for me. And I'm like, <laughs> but I think he likes that I'm struggling. Uh-huh. You know what's funny is that um, I used to make fun of people that like when they came they started crying when they like got so like emotional and they I'm like why are you crying or like people who was like laugh hysterically when they when they came and now I'm one of those people I get really really like emotional okay now it's really time to go Jeff ah! Miller thank you so much for being on the show sorry to wrap you twice <laughs> congratulations on the uh, des- I almost said vagina on the designing women <laughs> monologues at November 25th at the public theater. Please come back. We'll be back next week with another classic Lost Ass featuring Joanne Filan and Irene Bremis. Download my comedy album. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to DNRStudios.com. Email me, me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.